a mansion built to be amazed by an heiress whose fortune was made from the sales of rifles. Was this mansion built to trap and confuse spirits killed by those rifles? Or was it just built by an eccentric and depressed woman? Let's talk about it and get so scared. Do, do, do. I know this. Theme music. Okay, Caitlin said she knows this, uh, but we don't care. Be quiet! Hi, I'm Nemean Cannon, and uh, uh, joined by... Caitlin. As always. Hello, everybody. Uh, make sure whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you follow us. And if you can rate and review the podcast, rate and review the podcast, share the podcast, tell your friends... The self-promotion right now. Hello. And also check out our social media down in the description. Hi. I'm sorry. It's been a bit since we've done this, so I'm just talking a lot. Uh, but yeah, Caitlin says she knows this. What are your thoughts? What is it? Tell me what what's going on. Well, I remember there being like doorways that open and it just like you open out into the outside of the house and it's just like you could fall several feet to your death. Or there's staircases that literally lead to a wall. Do you remember what the house is? Mm-hmm. What's it called? I don't remember what the house is called. That's what I asked. Mm-hmm. It's a mansion. Yes, it is. We are talking about, it is the Winchester Mystery House. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, we're going to get into this. But first, I wanted to talk about the Winchester Company. Because, obviously, I mentioned spirits killed by the rifles. So I wanted to talk about the rifles a bit, just so that you could know about it. So, to talk about the company, the Winchester Rifle Company, we go back to Oliver Fisher Winchester. Oliver Fisher Winchester was born on November 30th, 1810 in Boston. His parents were Samuel Winchester and Hannah Bates. He married Jane Ellen Hope in Boston on February 20th, 1834. They had three children. Anne Rebecca Winchester, William Wirt Winchester, and Hannah Jane Winchester. Oliver was a clothing manufacturer in New York City and New Haven, Connecticut. He learned that a division of Smith & Wesson Firearms was financially not doing good. Uh, They had a newly patented firearm. So Oliver was an opportunistic man. So he and got some venture venture capital uh, and also some other stockholders. And in 1855, he acquired that division of Smith & Wesson, and it was known as the Volcanic Repeating Arms Company. Two years later, in 1857, he had become the principal stockholder in the company, and he moved it to New Haven and changed its name to New Haven Arms Company. So... At first, this company of his, this new company, it had poor returns. They weren't doing very well. And this was partially due to the poor design and performance 
of the volcanic cartridge cartridge in the volcanic rifles. I don't know a lot about guns. You don't know a lot about guns either. Mm-mm. No. So I don't really want to get into talking about the guns. So I'm just this is just a basic what I could see, but the repeater design for this rifle, it was it outpaced the rifle technology. However, its performance and reliability was not as good because it had smaller caliber cartridges in its pistol and rifle, and they were not a competition to the larger caliber cartridges that their like competitors used. So, with the help of engineer Benjamin Taylor Henry, they reworked the volcanic repeating rifle, and on October 16, 1860, they got the patent for the Henry rifle. The Henry rifle was manufactured for six years almost, and in that time they produced almost 12,000 rifles. So after the success, they reorganized and they renamed the company to Winchester Repeating Arms Company. And in 1866, an employee named Nelson King improved on the Henry rifle, coming up with the model 1866 of the Winchester rifle. The first... Winchester rifle. The big one. Uh, The Winchester repeating rifle became very popular and uh, they came out with a a lot of other popular models like they reworked it. Um, Throughout all of this I put down my notes. I mean this isn't really important but with Oliver Winchester he also dabbled in politics. Uh, He was a New Haven City Commissioner, uh, a Republican presidential elector, I have down in my notes that if you said something about him being a Republican, that uh, this was technically kind of before, kind of during, I think, the party flip. So, honestly, I don't really know a lot about politics, especially politics back in the 1800s. But even though it says he was a Republican, he may have been a progressive. He technically may didn't have to technically be a conservative just because of what we think republicans are now because mm-hmm. so, everything changed yeah everything flipped um and he was lieutenant governor of connecticut so he did a lot of other things and on december 10th 1880 oliver winchester died and even after his death they kept making more winchester rifles and shotguns uh, some of which are actually in production still today Pause. Pause. Oh, oh, okay, we're back at it. Uh, Unpause. Buster. (laughs) Okay, we had to pause because Buster seemed like he was very sad being left in the living room while we did this in the kitchen. Uh, So he is now here with us. He is now a guest on this episode. But as I was saying before we paused, yeah, some of the winchester rifles and shotguns are still in production today so very popular guns they went around a lot nice uh so now we're going to talk about oliver's son william wirt winchester who was born in june 22nd 1837 in baltimore maryland uh we know who his parents were we talked about the other two siblings his sisters uh but from what I found, I mean, he worked as the treasurer of the Winchester Rapini Arms Company when he got older. Uh, he held this position all the way until his death. 
in September 30th, 1862, he and Sarah Lockwood Pardee got married. While they were together, they had only one child, Annie Pardee Winchester. She was born June 15th, 1866. However, Annie died six weeks later on July 25th. Uh, she died from mer- marasmus, which is a form of severe malnutrition. Uh, it can occur in every- anybody, but this form of malnutrition is most common in children. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, when William's father, Oliver, passed away in 1880, William became the owner of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, but the next year, William passed away as well in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, he passed away on March 7th, 1881 of tuberculosis. Big disease. Kills a lot of people. It's a very serious issue. Uh, even nowadays, tuberculosis is still serious in places outside of America. We got a handle on it here in America, but uh, other countries, smaller countries, it's still an issue. Um, but yeah, uh, there wasn't really a lot of information I could find on William. Uh, it's from what I could tell, the most important thing he did was uh, marry Sarah. Speaking of Sarah, now we talk about Sarah Lockwood Party. Uh, she was born in New Haven, Connecticut, uh, in the summer of 1839. As we know, she married William in 1862, and 1866, they had their child who passed away. Uh, Her father-in-law passed away in the late 1880s. Her husband died early 1881, but also, within this one-year span of time, her mother also passed away. So, Sarah went through a lot, just really fast, (laughs) back-to-back. So... With all of these people passing away, she received an inheritance of $20 million, which nowadays that would be $550 million. Jesus. And she also got 50% in the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, which having that percent in the company, she got an income. Her income was $1,000 a day. Which, nowadays, that's $27,000 a day. Jesus. Yeah, Sarah was, like, getting money. Uh, she got that Joe Biden money. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Joe Biden money? <laughs> What's his name? Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Hey, yeah. I got the J and the B, okay? You got J and B, just the wrong name, uh, I guess. She's not quite as rich, but she was one of the wealthiest women in the world at this time of history. So, she was... Pretty well off. Um, In 1886, Sarah moved out west to San Jose, California. And when she went out there, she bought an eight-room, two-story farmhouse and ranch. And it was called Lanada... It was called Lanada Villa. And right when she bought it, she began renovations. Uh, We'll talk more about Lanada Villa later. But first, let's... I just wanted to talk about the rest of... Sarah's life. Oh, our cat's going into the litter box to take a dump. So along with this property, Sarah also owned a houseboat. Um, It was known as Sarah's Ark because people believed she had this houseboat because she was afraid there might be a second great flood like the one in the Bible. 
so there were some rumors about her. Um, more likely, she just had it because, you know, she was rich, she was in a hired class, and most of the people in that social class had houseboats and yachts. So she was probably just trying to fit in, but there are rumors that she was afraid of a great flood and she wanted to have a boat just in case. Um, Sarah died at the Lunata Villa on September 5th, 1922. She was buried at Alta Mesa Cemetery, but her remains were transferred along with her sisters to New Haven, Connecticut, where Sarah was finally buried beside her husband and their daughter. Uh, all of her belongings in the Lenata Villa were left to her niece, Marion Marriott, which Marion auctioned off almost everything. She kept what she wanted and auctioned everything else. And then the home Lenata Villa was auctioned to the highest bidder. So, now we're going to get into the house. But first, we have a little ad to throw in here right now. If you're listening to this, I'm guessing you like true crime. And even if you don't like true crime, hear me out for a second, because I've got something great to tell you about. It is the E-Lit Horror Silver Medal Awarded Book, Crazy Is As Crazy Does The Life of a Serial Killer, by John H. Mudgett. This book is a tensely clever, first-person, psychological horror-slash-thriller that deep dives into the world of an experienced serial killer. The paperback version is available for purchase via Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and is free for Kindle Unlimited readers as an ebook. It is a graphic tale, just as the cover suggests, about the fictional protagonist, John Goodman. He is an amalgam of human predation and darkness carefully stitched from the ragged shreds of multiple serial killers and mass murderers' lives. Although he is fictional, the scenarios throughout the dark life of Mr. Goodman are firmly rooted in historical characters and events. Crazy is as crazy does, the life of a serial killer tells the story of John growing from a timid criminal into a prolific serial killer, a master of deception, taking you through his 75-year life, ending shortly after the capture of the Golden State Killer in 2008. However, like all unreliable narrators, you will be forced to grapple with an important question. Can you accurately separate fact from Goodman's twisted fiction? You'll quickly learn that the real horror unfolding is twofold. The murderous activities described by Goodman himself and the twisted transformations of those around him culminating in a shocking, high-stakes ending. I invite you to check it out on Amazon. It's free to Kindle Unlimited readers. That's Crazy Is As Crazy Does, The Life of a Serial Killer by John H. Mudgett. Put your own mind through the test. Can you separate the fiction from the true crimes? Hey guys, we're back from that ad. Great ad break. How do you feel after that ad break? Awesome. How do you feel about all the people we died who died, talked about who died? All the people who died who died. Yeah, how do you feel about everybody that's ever died? Cool. Good. How do you feel about the people we've talked about who have died is what I meant. I feel sad that their small daughter died so so long. Yeah. But I mean, it was like 
They didn't live very long back then anyways. 1860s, we did not have the medical know-how that we have now. I feel like, I mean, nowadays it's like, obviously a child dies and you're like, devastated. I feel like back then it was just such a common thing. Like, it still affected people, but I feel like they were probably desensitized to it because it just happened so often. I mean, especially when you go way back. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, uh, downer topic. Uh, now we're going to talk about the Winchester Mystery House. So Sarah's home, the Lenata Villa, is also known as the Winchester Mystery House. Obviously, that's no shocker. Uh, you probably saw that coming the whole time. So we've talked about how she moved into the home and how she began renovations. These renovations that she started when she moved into the home, she kept going until she died. Yeah. So, most likely, she probably started this renovation. If you want to take the like most like realistic idea, she probably did this to distract herself from her depression, mm-hmm. get a change of setting, you know, yeah. leave where everybody has died. Hyper fixate on something. Yeah, like super fixate rather than see a therapist and, you know... Well, Get because help. I don't know if those even existed back That's then. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Therapy if women made... had any kind of issue at all, they were just sent to an insane asylum. That's they weren't true. actually checked out. I didn't think about that. Psychology is a very new science. So, yeah, they probably didn't even have that. So, yeah. So, she probably just wanted, like, probably wanted to distract herself. But there is stories that she went to a Boston medium who channeled the spirit of her late husband and told her to leave her home in New Haven to move out west, and that when she moved out west, she must continuously build a home for herself and for the spirits of the people that had been killed by the Winchester Rifles. Or there's also the idea that the sounds of the continuous construction was meant to keep the spirits murdered by or killed by Winchester Rifles. It was like the sound was meant to keep the spirits away. So there are ideas that all of this was based on. I remember her... um, when I heard the story about her going to the medium. And so all of that, I know. Yeah. There's probably not a ton. If you know about the Winchester Mystery House, I mean, this is like one of the most well-known like haunted places in America. Not even just because it's haunted, just because it's such an interesting house and interesting like architecture. I was that kid who watched those most haunted places in America TV that's, shows. Yeah, that's like, a, I used to watch those. So I, I I kind of talk about people who have done shows on the house, and I mean one of the shows is most haunted, I believe. Like they talked about this, so you probably heard about this as a kid. So not super crazy. Uh, but she bought this house. It was unfinished. Uh, it was just a two-story farmhouse in Santa Clara Valley, and she hired workers. Um, it's believed that these workers worked on the house day and night. Uh, they eventually built this house up into seven stories, and rather than like hire architects and stuff, Sarah directed all additions to the house herself, which is where some of the few... Not a few, a lot of weird decisions come from. As you mentioned, there's doors and stairs that go nowhere. There's windows that look into other rooms. And there's stairs with weird-sized steps. Mm-hmm. Which that one, 
I actually saw later on, like, while researching this, like, Sarah had, I think, some type of arthritis where, like, she couldn't step very high. So all of the steps for stairs are, like, two inches high. So, like, there'd be staircases where it's, like, they would have the amount of steps that would take you up, like, a few stories. But because the steps are so short because she can't step very high, this, like, however many steps only goes up one story rather than, like three stories like a normal staircase would so it's like but i mean she had to do that because she couldn't step very high Mm -hmm. um in 1906 there was an earthquake they repaired the house but due to the mansion but due man i messed that up uh they repaired it and due to this the mansion is only four stories now so because of that earthquake whoa okay so, because of this earthquake, the mansion lost three stories. Uh, the mansion is mostly made of wet, redwood, and this is because Sarah preferred redwood, but she didn't like how redwood looked, so almost all of the wood in the house is covered up. So, she preferred it for building, but she didn't like how it looked, which is... That's really weird. Yeah, that's like an odd... Like, why would you prefer that wood if you're just going to cover it all up? Uh, The property was 162 acres. Nowadays, the property is down to 4.5 acres, so it's just enough for the mansion and, like, a few nearby buildings. Uh, The mansion itself is 24,000 square feet with um, about 261 rooms. 40 of those rooms are bedrooms. 13 are bathrooms. 6 kitchens. And there's 2 ballrooms, one of which is unfinished. There are 2,000 doors, 52 skylights, 47 fireplaces, and 47 stairways, 1,000, 1,000, 10,000 windows, Jesus. 17 chimneys, two basement levels, and three elevators. Jesus. All inside this house. Three elevators? Why? You can't just walk to one? Like, you gotta make one in... Okay. Then make another. Yeah. <laughs> I have no clue. Um, now I want you to estimate how much it costs to build all this. How much in you... like t- like in... in today's money or uh, either one, today's money or that money back then. Like eighty million dollars. In nineteen twenty three, it cost five million dollars. Okay. Which in today's money is seventy one million. Okay. So you were pretty close. You almost had. You went a little over, but that was pretty good. Um, some more things about the house. Uh, only one toilet in the house worked. I think I remember hearing that. Yeah, there's like how many did I say? Forty bathrooms. Only one had a working toilet in it. What the freaking frick? Um, it said but she didn't take into account the piping. I don't know. The, I don't. The, it, the plumbing. It could be that she just didn't take into account the plumbing. I didn't think of that. But it said that there's so many fake toilets because they act as decoys to confuse spirits. But spirits don't need to go to the bathroom. Yeah, but they might hang out at a bathroom waiting for you because they know you need to come there sometime. Oh, I don't know. I guess that makes sense. I make I made that up on the spot, but that makes sense. <laughs> uh, for the same reason, she also to like confuse spirits. She also slept in a different bedroom every night. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also, obviously, because she's rich, there's stained glass windows in this house. 
which, you know, stained glass windows are pretty fancy and expensive. Uh, many of them were designed specifically just for Sarah. Uh, others are designed by Sarah herself. And one of the ones that she designed was a spiderweb window. Uh, it was a stained glass window that had her favorite web design and repetition of the number 13. Apparently throughout the house, there's a lot of repetition of the number 13 because, you know, superstition. And I guess Sarah just really liked the number 13. Mm-hmm. Um, this spiderweb window was never installed, but it was kept in a storage room. The storage room was called the $25,000 storage room because... Its contents were originally appraised for $25,000, which nowadays is $387,000. But nowadays it's pretty much like priceless. Like, I mean, it has a lot of really expensive stuff in it. So (laughs) very valuable. Um, There's another stained glass window, which was designed by Tiffany, the famous artist best known for his stained glass works. Uh, Tiffany, like the Tiffany, the first design director at Tiffany & Co., the company that his father started. So, you know, it's like the Tiffany. Mm-hmm. He designed this window so that when sunlight struck the window, it would cast a rainbow across the room. And do you know where this window is installed? Where? It's in an interior wall in a room with no light exposure. So this effect was never seen. He designed it specifically to do a cool thing when sunlight hit it, and then it's installed in a room, like, in between rooms where sunlight can't get it. So it makes that effect completely pointless. <laughs> um, so when Sarah passed away, obviously we said, like, renovations on the mansion stopped. Between the time that she bought the mansion, like, moved into the mansion, and then passed away, uh, she lived there for 36 years, so it's believed... Buster, (laughs) can you sit down? Okay, he's sitting down now. So she lived there for 36 years, believed that renovations were done nonstop, day and night, for the full 36 years she was there. When she passed away, all of her possessions beside her house were left to her niece, who kept what she wanted, auctioned off the rest. Um, It supposedly took six trucks working eight-hour days for six weeks to remove all the furniture from the house. So that's a lot of furniture. This account has been disputed somewhat, so it's a little bit in debate. Uh, But, I mean, even if it didn't take that long... I mean, she had 161 rooms. Like, it's going to take a while to move all that furniture and out. And then the, like, false doorways that led nowhere and the stairways that Lord that went nowhere, like... I... And it depends on how many people were working there, because it's like one person goes up those stairways, and now they know that that doesn't actually go anywhere. And so unless they tell somebody, that person has to go up those stairs and know that they don't go anywhere. Yeah. Like, I was going to say... Also, the stairs are, like, 10,000 stairs per one floor. Yeah, like... Of the whole thing that she had to make them small. That would suck. I can't imagine trying to move stuff out of that house because, like, I can just imagine having a giant. I would like, just give up and be like, I don't get paid enough yeah, for this. Being carrying like a giant, like something heavy, and you go towards a staircase, and then it's just like, oh, that's just a wall now. That's not a real staircase. I have to go back up the stairs and like find a real staircase now. Yep. 
open a door to try to like go through it and it's like well that goes outside i'm gonna fall with this thing so yeah uh not a fun time probably (laughs) uh the mansion wasn't mentioned in sarah's will and the appraisers at the time considered the house worthless because of the damage from the earthquake and the unfinished design and the impractical construction because yeah like the construction made no sense but also since renovation was going nonstop with no end goal when she passed away they were just in the middle of like renovating it wasn't like in a finished state like it was just you know not done i would go crazy so the house was sold at auction it was bought by a local investor for over one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars uh, it was leased by this pastor. Can you stop moving your head, buddy? Do you have something to say? Do you want to say something? Do you want to say? Oh, he still can't. Okay, that's gonna sound amazing on audio. I Definitely. Can't. Okay. The investor leased the house out to John and Maine Brown, who eventually bought the house but after the house was originally leased to them just five months after sarah had passed away in february of 1923 the house was open to the public and main brown was the first tour guide they waited like five months after sarah passed away to be like oh this is now a tourist spot (laughs) open up to the public they did not really wait very long buster Buster keeps just crawling between our laps right now. Like, such a needy He's not baby. a great guest. He's not a good guest. He doesn't even talk much. He just tries to eat things. Yeah. Big old baby. Whoa. He burped. So, the house is still ran as a tourist spot now. And, I mean, it's open right now. If you want to go see it, you can go see it. If you're ever in... Uh, san jose california i mean you can go there and take a tour like do whatever you want i guess if that's what you're into um so now we can talk about some of the ghost stories uh obviously there have been many reported ghost encounters by both visitors and workers one of the well-known ghosts hey immediately goes for cat piss when he gets on the ground I'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, one of these ghosts is known as Clyde. He, it's believed that Clyde is, was one of the men that worked on the house back when Sarah lived in it. Uh, he's been s- described as a mustached man wearing white overalls and a Victorian boater hat. Uh, he pushing a wheelbarrow in the basement. Or sometimes Clyde is repairing the fireplace in the ballroom. Uh, guests have often gone like to management after tours and they were like hey we like the actor repairing the fireplace and they will describe him the way that i just described him and after that management is just like hey well we didn't hire an actor like that's not an actor of ours Uh, you just saw a ghost so that's great yeah that's one of the ghosts um There's also reports of tugging on shirts and skirts during tours. 
uh, you know, the normal, like, oh, I didn't see anybody. Boop, they pulled on, they pulled on my shirt. The ghost is trying to undress me and grab my body. You know, mm -hmm. those normal things. What ghosts like to do. Uh, but there's a report from a maintenance worker at that house, Denny. Uh, not the same Denny as the pancake house. Uh... <laughs> Reportedly, one morning, as he entered the three-story water tower, Buster. Uh, as he entered the water tower, he heard footsteps from the next floor up. So he went up the stairs to tell whoever was up there that the building was off limits. However, the footsteps continued to be just ahead and just above him every time he went up the stairs to like find the person. Uh, he kept searching, though, for the person until he got to the roof where there was no one in sight. So he followed ghost foot footsteps all the way up to the roof of the building. So that's a fun one. Another uh, kind of ghost story it involves prior to the mansion opening for tours uh, one day, there was a worker on a ladder uh, this worker felt a tap on his shoulder, and when he turned around, there was no one there. So the ro worker, you know, just went back to what he was doing. That's when he felt like what he said seemed like a hand pressing against his back, but he was still the only person in the room. So the worker got out of there, and he just, you know, left the job that he was doing for the ghost to handle, because he's like, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. The ghost is trying to, like... Tap me in like stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Also, inside the house, there was a sealed room. So you remember the earthquake we mentioned back that happened in 1906? Yeah. Uh, when that earthquake happened, apparently it trapped Sarah in a room until her workers could free her. So, being shaken by this experience, uh, Sarah had that room sealed up. And it stayed sealed until... 2016 when the room was found and opened and that room was added to tours uh, on one of these tours a guide gathered participants in the room to explain the history and point out the objects found inside the room a uh, hundred years after being sealed the guide heard a loud sigh in the hallway and so they went outside to bring in you know what they thought was a guest that stayed outside but when she went out there she didn't find any tourists, uh, but she saw a ghostly form gliding around the corner down the hallway. So the guide quickly followed this form, and when she got to the corner, she still didn't see anyone, but she heard another, like, sigh. So, that's another one. I saw some saying that's, like, theorizing that, like, this ghost was the ghost of Sarah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's, like, somebody was, like... Some some theory is that it's like she was staying in that room to hide from tourists, and then when they opened it up, she was like sighing because she's like, ugh. They have to I go find hiding. someone else to hide. Yeah, and so that's why she like left. I think it's because she sealed that room up for a reason, and they unsealed it. True. Yeah, like she didn't like that room, so she had it sealed, and then these people came, and they were just like, open it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, there's also a story from the Winchester Mystery House's uh, public relations court. A story from the Winchester Mystery House's public relations coordinator. And they report that he took several photos of the mansion back in 2015. And when he downloaded the photos, he deleted what he didn't need. But one picture caught his eye. In one of the windows of the house, he spotted something in the widow, window that overlooked the garden. Um, it looked like a shadowy form. Like a shadowy like body was in the window, watching, like looking through the window. Um, there's also been like visitors to the Winchester Mystery House have also reported taking photos and there being like shapes of like bodies and stuff in the windows. So, I mean, is there a ghost in those windows? Is there like a shadow, a reflection of some sort? Like, who knows? But I mean, like, if you ever go there and like you take pictures before you go through and delete bad pictures, like, I don't know. Just double check all the pictures you take. See if there's like anything hiding in there. But um there was also a movie about Sarah Winchester. I mean there's been multiple like plays, I think, and like movies of different sorts based on the Winchester Mystery House. But this one, uh it had Helen Mirren starring as Sarah. Most of the filming for the movie was done in Australia, but Helen Mirren did go to San Jose during production. Uh, during her visit to the house, she told a... Well, she visited the house, and then during her visit to San Jose, she had an interview, like, was talking to a columnist, and she told the columnist with the Los Angeles Times, if you have made, if you have made a fortune out of death, you have to pay the price, a psychological price and a spiritual price... And I can only imagine that people who make fortunes to this day from selling armaments have pause at some point, especially if they are Christians. Am I going to pay? So, just Helen Mirren saying that she thinks, you know, people who make money off of firearms are going to have some kind of price they have to pay. And that's literally how Sarah's money was made, was off firearms. So, And, I mean, of course... There's the usual shadow figures, uh, you know. Anytime there's a haunting, you always see, like, shadow figures around. Yeah, just a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, because of, you know, the haunted reputation of the house, many people have visited it. Uh, some trying to disprove the haunting, others trying to investigate the paranormal happenings. Uh, some of these people are people such as Houdini. Houdini was very big into, like, trying to disprove spiritualism. Spiritualism. Um, Zach Bagans from mm-hmm. Ghost Adventures. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, the most haunted show. Um, even BuzzFeed Unsolved. Really? Yeah. That's they, a new one. Yeah, that's a little bit newer. Uh, I guess, I believe from what I read, like, the two guys, I don't watch BuzzFeed Unsolved, so I don't know their names. But they, like, stayed the night in there. Wow. They visited and, like, stayed the night. Uh, some people say it's fake, and, I mean, there's other people who say it's real, so, like, uh, who knows. I saw one thing that, like, experts say that people feel like it's haunted just because of, like, you know, 
the design of the building. Because it's kind of like the thing, if you listen to our Halloween special episode, uh, we talked about it a bit on there, like the idea of like when you go somewhere that's normally like full of people, like when I would go to my church late at night to work and there's nobody there, it makes it feel really creepy because you're seeing it in a new way. Like normally you see it with people, now you're seeing it empty. I feel like it may like according to these experts kind of like be that kind of thing where it's like you know what a house is supposed to look like you know how stairs are supposed to go and then when you go to the winchester mystery house you go in there and none of that stuff is the way that you think it's supposed to be like none of it is the way that it normally goes and because of that it makes you feel like the place is haunted like it makes you feel weird and like creeped out so it could be that I mean, it could actually be haunted. I don't know. I 100% think it's haunted. I'm sure it is. I mean, I'm not super superstitious, but I'm not going to say there's no ghosts. But, yeah. That's the Winchester Mystery House. That's our first episode on a a haunting, a haunted place. Talking a little bit about ghosts. Uh, What do you think? You got any closing remarks on the Winchester Mystery House? Would you want to visit it? Oh, for, yeah. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Definitely. I do. Um, Would I want to do it at night? No. (laughs) No. Yeah. In the daylight with maybe like um, a bunch of people who like know the house, like the workers, like call everybody who works there in because like I need someone with me at all times. Like I don't want to open a door into something that's not actually like I know that like the door that opens out into the like ground like you'd follow your death it's obviously sealed but like if i was going to the bathroom and i found a door that like isn't an actual door i would be mad so i'd never really come with me <laughs> yeah which actually no i think i'm sure that they don't have like like i'm sure there's a bathroom you can use that's for the guests and it's they, probably labeled yeah. like i mean they've probably set it up a lot more for tourists now than it was back then and I w- it would be cool to, like, stay the night there, but I don't think they have, like, a and b type thing. It's um, probably just you can look at it, and then you get to have to leave. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe if our podcast gets big enough, someday we can visit it and stay the night, you know? Mm-hmm. Do our own little ghost investigation. If they ever, you know, find out who we are or hear of us at some point. So... That's the episode. Not very long. Uh, I'm sorry it didn't go super long. Uh, that's all I really found. I probably could have found more to talk about, but, you know, when it comes down to it, I probably could have found more by looking into what other people have talked about it, but it's like, I don't want to just regurgitate what other what I hear other people say. I want to do my own research and tell you what I learned personally about it. Just, you know... To hopefully give a new perspective from what the perspective that you have probably already heard from like another podcast or a TV show or something, you know? Yeah. Give it, give it my own little research and talk. Because I know one of the podcasts I listen to, Lore Podcast. I mean, he did an episode on the Winchester like mystery house and talking about Sarah and all that stuff. And if I really wanted to, I could have just went back and re-listened to that episode and just like told you all the stuff that Aaron Mankey talks about on lore but it's like 
that would have been, you know, uninteresting to me to do. Mm-hmm. So. Same. Yeah. So that's what that's our take on the Winchester Mystery House. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, make sure, like we said before, uh, follow the podcast on whatever app you use to listen to us. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rate and a review. I was going to talk to Caitlin about this idea, but I mean, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and it's a five-star review, maybe we'll read it on the podcast next time if there's a review. So if you want to hear your podcast reviewed and, you know, hear your name read out, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, that's all I got today. Buster has to say goodbye. Buster, say goodbye. Say bye. Say bye. Say bye. What? He doesn't care to say bye to you guys. He doesn't care about you guys. But we do. We love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, Share the podcast. And we... Oh, uh, follow our social media down in the description. Check us out. Okay, that's it. I'm sorry. I'm really done talking this time. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. 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 Bye.